Welcome, everyone. You are listening to the LifePoint Christian Church Podcast. Let's get started. Nobody likes to wait. Nobody likes to go to the doctor's office. And the first place you're going to go in the doctor's office, it's called the what? The waiting room. And so you know as a fact you're going and you're going to sit there and wait. Nobody likes to wait for those extremely important test results. Nobody wants to wait for that. Nobody wants to wait for their packages. You know, you've been on your phone and refreshing and refreshing. Okay, where is it now? Is it going to make it in time? Is it going to get here? I need to get this thing wrapped. Nobody likes to wait. If you have young kids, Christmas is the ultimate waiting torture. Right? I mean, think about it. The kids go days and weeks staring at those presents under the tree, and they just have to wait. Waiting is torture. I have been waiting since December 11th to see my first granddaughter, which I'm finally going to be able to see here in a couple of days, but I've been sitting there, and this has been torture. Waiting is especially brutal when it comes to waiting on God. That's when it gets really difficult for us. At some point, all of us have or are currently waiting on God. You've prayed for something, and you're wondering, God, what's taking so long? God, are you even listening? God, have you forgotten me? Maybe you're praying that God would restore a relationship, and it just hasn't been happening, and you've been waiting. You've been praying and asking God to save a sibling or a friend or a coworker or a parent, and you've just been waiting. Maybe you've been waiting and, on God and you've been praying for a job and praying for a job that would give you better pay and, and better benefits, and you're just waiting. You've been praying and you've been asking God to help you and to heal you from your depression or an addiction or a health problem, and you're just waiting. Or you've asked God to save your marriage. Or for some, you've asked God to bring you a spouse, and you've just been waiting. You pray, you pray, you pray. You can't help but wonder, God, where are you? God, are you there? I've been praying so long. God, do you hear me? God, do you even care? And the reality is, for most of us, this waiting eventually leads us to a place, man, where we're just so disappointed with God. So the question is, what do you do? What do you do when you're waiting? What do you do when you're disappointed in God and you're disappointed in God's timing, in God's way of seeing an answer to your prayer? You see, one of the messages of the Christmas story is that God is actually working while you're waiting. That God is working while you're waiting. In fact, God's timing is perfect. While you're waiting, have faith trust God. Have faith. Trust God. Trust that he is, in fact, working. The Israelites, they knew all about waiting on God. Excuse me. Waiting on God. They were waiting for God to send them a Savior, but what they didn't realize is in their waiting, God was actually working. You and I know the Christmas story now. It's been around for 2,000 years, but prior to the birth of Jesus, Prior to the announcement of the angel who came to bring good news of great joy for all people that today in the town of Bethlehem, a Savior has been born. He is Christ the Lord. Prior to that announcement, 
God's people had been in this centuries-long waiting period. God had promised them a Messiah. God had promised them a Savior. But God delivered nothing. Decade upon decade, century upon century. In fact, all of humanity had been waiting on God all the way back to the beginning, to the Garden of Eden. If you know the story, God created Adam and Eve, and he told them, be fruitful, multiply, be blessed, enjoy the garden, eat everything in the garden, except don't eat the fruit from this one tree. Everything else is yours. Just don't eat the fruit from that tree. But Adam and Eve gave in, and they disobeyed God. They ate the fruit from that one forbidden tree, that act of disobedience And being disobedient to God is called sin. And sin ended up separating them from God and ultimately separating all of humanity from God. And within that story of Adam and Eve and this situation with God in Genesis chapter 3 is what theologians and scholars say is the first promise or the first prophecy that God would send a Savior It tells us in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, that the seed of the woman would crush the serpent's head. That one day, the seed through the lineage of Eve, he would be born, and he would crush our spiritual enemy, who we know to be, in in that story, the serpent or the devil or Satan. And that this seed would bring victory, and sin and death would be conquered through him, and we would have the opportunity to have freedom. Well, centuries passed from that prophecy or promise given in Genesis 3. And there was nothing from God except for a few prophecies. Eventually, 700 years before the birth of Jesus, we get this key prophecy. It's kind of the first Christmas prophecy, if you will. Isaiah chapter 7, it tells us this, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and we will call him Emmanuel. Great news. Finally, the seed of a woman is is coming to crush the serpent's head. Finally, our Savior is coming. He is Emmanuel, which means God with us. Unfortunately, the Savior didn't come as soon as people had hoped. There were centuries and centuries more of waiting. And just like you sometimes wonder in the waiting, the Israelites are wondering and they're thinking, is God messing with us? Is God cruel? Is he teasing us? God, why all the waiting? You see, as bad as that waiting was for the Israelites, at least God was speaking to them through the prophets. And so, so while they waited, they at least knew that God was around, speaking through the prophets, that God was aware of their needs, that God saw what they were going through, and that gave them hope that it was just a matter of time before the Savior came. But after the prophet Malachi, something changed. God went completely silent upon his people. Absolutely nothing. We now know that would be 400 years of silence. God not showing up, God not speaking through the prophets. That would later be called the intertestamental period. It was the time uh, from Malachi, the last prophet in the Old Testament, to the Gospels in the New Testament. 
And in that silence, the Israelites sunk to a new low, wondering, God, where are you? Where's the promised Savior? God, we're so disappointed. God, we're so discouraged. How long, God? You see, I'm guessing you can relate to that. I'm guessing you've been there, that you've been praying and you've been believing for something and yet you've received no word from God, no sign that he's heard you, no sign that he's active, that he actually cares. All you want is an answer. God, give me something. God, give me anything. And yet there's been nothing. What is God doing? What is God doing while you're waiting? What is God doing when you're disappointed in his timing? What is God doing when you're praying for a healing, when you're praying for a blessing, when you're praying for reconciliation or you're praying for provision? You see, even though you and I know the Christmas story, even though you and I are 2,000 years removed from this Christmas miracle, we have the opportunity now to look back at history and we can look at the, the scriptures. And so you and I can sit here today and we can have confidence that the Christmas message, the Christmas story, it's a message to you and to me that just because God is silent, it does not mean that he's absent. Just because God might be silent in your life right now, it doesn't mean that he's absent. History clearly shows that while the world was waiting on Christmas, God was indeed active. In other words, while you're waiting, God is working. So have faith. Trust God. While you're waiting, the goodness of God, the power of God, the provision of God, the grace of God, it is always working. He loves you. He's a good, good father, and he has good plans for you and for your life. Just because God is silent, it does not mean that he's absent. Just because you don't see it happening doesn't mean that God's not working. God was, in fact, working while his people waited on the birth of their Savior. The Apostle Paul, he gives us the shortest version of the Christmas story in Galatians chapter 4. And he also alludes to the fact that God was indeed working. Listen to this. Galatians chapter 4, it says this. But when the set time, everybody say set time. When the set time had fully come, what did God do? God sent his son, born of a woman. Remember, we read Isaiah chapter 7. Born under the law to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. Another translation says that we might be adopted as his own children. In the Greek, the words set time there in verse 4, they literally mean when the time was fully pregnant. Interesting image, isn't it? Another translation, when it was the perfect time. Now, uh, when the time was fully pregnant, uh, my wife has given birth three times. So I know what this idea means, and many of you do as well. It means, uh, when you think about the idea of pregnancy and giving birth, if it's not time, you can't force it. And if it's time, there's nothing you can do to stop it. And it's the same with God. If it's not God's time to move and to act, you can't make it happen. But if it is God's time, there's not a single thing you can do to stop it. 
when it was the perfect time, when time was fully pregnant, Paul said that God sent his son, Jesus, born of a woman, which is a reference back to Isaiah 7, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. And that is a reference back to Genesis 3, from the seed of a woman, a savior would come and crush the devil, the serpent. At that perfect time, God would send this Savior to crush the serpent, to purchase us from our sinfulness, to buy our freedom so that we no longer have to be slaves to ourselves or slaves to our sin, but instead we can be children of the Most High God. So when was that perfect time? When was that set time that Paul was talking about? Well, it's what you and I simply call Christmas. That God told the Virgin Mary that she would have a child. God told her soon-to-be husband Joseph in Matthew chapter 1, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And she'll give birth to a son. And you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. So what led up to this perfect time? What led up to this perfect moment when God chose to give us Christmas. Again, in hindsight, you and I, we get to look back to all that happened and was happening to lead up to this time. All that God was arranging in the world. And so you and I can be reminded the Christmas story is a message that just because God had been silent, and for the Jewish people, that was 400 years of complete silence, it doesn't mean God is absent. Because while you're waiting, While they were waiting, while you're waiting, God is working. So have faith, trust God. Have faith, trust God. So what led up to it being the right time, to the perfect moment? Well, as you just kind of scan back and look, you could see what was happening, almost what God seemed to be orchestrating in the world. For starters, I look back in history and I see that the Greek general, Alexander the Great, conquered the world, uh, the known world, at 325 around there, B.C. As a result, by the time Christmas came along, the first century, everybody knew how to speak Greek. Also, as a result of all of that, the Old Testament was translated from Hebrew into Greek, which meant that even those who weren't Jewish, They had an opportunity to read the scriptures, to read the prophecies. Also, this idea came into existence where people could not just listen to someone talk and then just walk away and dismiss it. They could actually listen, but then ask questions about it. It was called the Socratic method. You were encouraged to ask questions. It stoked learning and this desire to understand. Then in 63 B.C., The Romans conquered the Greeks. It led to an unprecedented time of peace in the world. And since the Romans weren't fighting, they were investing their time and their money into developing roads and developing highways that made made transportation extremely easy across the empire. And finally, because these various empires had conquered the Israelites over about a 600-year period of time, every time that happened, Leading all the way up to the first century, Jewish people had spread out and left Israel. Not all of them, of course, but many had left Israel and spread out in the world. It was called the Diaspora, which meant in the first century there was a Jewish community 
which also meant there was a Jewish synagogue in every major city around the world in the first century. Of course, of course the first century makes perfect sense when God would send the Savior. It's the first time when people were encouraged and allowed to ask questions about life and death and God and eternity. The world was at relative peace and everybody shared a common language so you could communicate with anyone. And there was a Jewish community in every major city. In other words, the world was set up to hear the good news that God sent his son, a savior, to save the world. The apostle Paul said this was the perfect time, the set time, for the Savior to be born. In other words, while God's people had been waiting on the Savior, God was behind the scenes and he was working. In the same way, while you're praying and while you're wondering and while you're hoping and while you're asking, God, help me, God, save me, in your waiting, you can know that God is still working. And I know, I know, I know, I get it. You might feel like you're doing everything you can to have faith. You're trying to do everything you can to trust God. But you find yourself wondering, God, am I doing something wrong? God, do I lack faith? God, maybe, is there some sin in my life? God, have I let you down for some reason? God, do you care about me? And you're waiting, and you're wondering, and the questions you raise, and And you could raise those questions with God. He's not intimidated by those. But as you raise those questions, just know that you're not alone. There are so many examples of people in Scripture who were waiting. And yet they chose to have faith and they chose to trust God in their waiting. I'll give you just a few of them. I think about Abraham and Sarah who waited faithfully for 25 years before God finally fulfilled his promise to them to give them a child. I think about Joseph who had this vision to lead and to guide and to have influence and to even save. And he found himself waiting for 13 years, much of it in a prison for a crime he didn't even commit. In the New Testament, you see the story of a man who couldn't walk for 38 years. Can you imagine what his prayers were like? And then just at the right time, Jesus showed up. He looked at the man and he said, pick up your mat. Take it home. Walk. You're healed. There was also in the New Testament, there was this woman who had an issue of blood. Twelve years living in, a private, in private agony. Unable to function like a normal person in society. Twelve years before she got the opportunity to reach out and touch the hem of the one who said to her, your faith has healed you. You see, God has a message right now for somebody in this room. God is speaking to you right now, and I hope you will internalize this, that God's delays in your life are not necessarily denials. Just because you see it as a waiting period and it seems like it's a delay, that doesn't necessarily mean it's a denial. In other words, while you're waiting for an answer, while you're waiting for a miracle, while you're waiting for a provi- God's provision, while you're waiting maybe on a relationship or you're waiting on a healing or for a healing, whatever it is, you can know God is still working 
God's delays are not necessarily his denials. So I would suggest to you this, that a faith-filled follower of Jesus, they don't have to understand the plan. They don't have to understand even the timing to trust that God has a purpose, that God is working. You don't have to know all the details to know that God is still working in your life. Mary and Joseph, they certainly didn't know the details about this baby that was going to be born. They didn't know what was coming. So whenever you're waiting on God, whenever you're disappointed in God's timing, just remember, God's working. Trust God. Have faith for what will come. Now, I want to speak to another group of people here. And for some of us here, God's ready, but you're not ready yet. God's already ready. God's waiting on you. And while he's waiting on you, the reality is he's doing something in you. Maybe you've prayed and believed, God, I want to be married, and yet you're still single. And in this time, God's doing something in you. Maybe you're married, and you've been praying, God, heal my marriage. And in that time, God's doing something in you to help bring about that restoration or that reconciliation. Or you're believing for a job, and you're waiting, and you're praying, and you're believing that God's going to bring that to you. But while you're waiting, God is working on you, and he's working in you. You may not be ready yet. You see, what I've discovered, I've discovered is that God will often do a work in you before he does a work for you. God will do something in you before he shows up and does something for you. Maybe you're not ready And God's teaching you right now to depend on him in a way that you never have before. Maybe God right now has been trying to reveal his faithfulness to you in a way that you couldn't experience any other way except in the waiting. Maybe he's teaching you patience. Maybe he's trying to knock something off of you. Chip away at some sin in your life. Maybe it's not ready. Or maybe you're not ready. Whatever it is, don't waste the waiting. Learn to depend on him like never before. Have faith. Trust God. I love what the prophet Isaiah said in Isaiah chapter 64. He said, since ancient times, no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you who acts on behalf of those who wait for him. You see, when you wait on God, when you wait for God, He acts on your behalf. He moves on your behalf. He responds. He initiates. Psalm chapter 40, verse 1 says it this way, I waited patiently for the Lord to help me. And then He turned to me and He heard my cry and He lifted me out of the pit of despair. And He set my feet on solid ground and He steadied me. Listen, God's timing is always perfect. It's always perfect. You can trust him. 
He's not ignoring you. He hasn't forgotten you. He loves you. He cares about you. He's always good. Think about the Jewish people waiting century after century after century, waiting for Christmas, waiting for their Savior. Just because it feels like God is silent, it doesn't mean He's absent. And while you're waiting and while you're hoping and while you're praying, the Christmas story tells us that He is, in fact, working. And he will be working until the set time, the perfect time, the fully pregnant time. God will act on behalf of those who wait patiently for him. The message of Christmas, when the time was just right, when the time had fully come, when the moment was perfect, that's when God sent his son, his one and only son, And one of the greatest messages we learn from the Christmas story is that God pursued us. He came to us. Matthew chapter 1. She will give birth to a son. You are to give him the name Jesus or Yeshua in Hebrew, meaning salvation, because he will save his people from their sins. So what if? What if in reality today, this afternoon, Christmas Eve of 2022, what if God is actually waiting on you right now? What if at this moment he's wanting you to say yes to him? What if right now is God's perfect timing for you? That God is actually calling out to you and he's speaking to you right now and he is saying, now is the time to trust me, to have faith in me. For some of you, it might be God saying to you, now is the time to receive me as your Lord and Savior. And I will come into your life and I will forgive you of your sins. I will set you free from your sins. And I will give you a new life, a real and better life than you could ever imagine. I imagine for some here, God is telling you right now, he's been working in your life to lead to this exact moment. And now is your time to join the family of God. Is that you? Would you like to join the family of God? Today is the perfect time. It's your set time. The time has fully come. If you'd like to join God's family, will you pray with me now? We hope you enjoyed today's message. You can learn more about us by visiting us online at lifepoint.org. If you are ever in the Sacramento area, we would love to see you in person. Events and service times can be found on our website. Thank you for listening, and we hope you join us for our next episode.